Hello and welcome to the Monday, June 22nd edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. We are back again with another weekend recap show, and I'm going to be completely frank with you. There wasn't much news to um, cover over the weekend. There, I have two, um, um, two stories I want to cover, and I was thinking, hmm, what should I cover the rest of the podcast with? I can't just talk about two news items. And then I thought about, hmm, maybe I can try and include another top 10. And I'm like, mm, those are kind of long. But then I realized, you know, there's a team that doesn't have that long of a history. And I think that I, I, instead of doing a top 10, it would be best if I did like a top 5. So yeah, I'm going to be giving you with a, a semi-top 10. I'm going to be doing a top 5 um, players from the New Orleans franchise. Because, you know, they're only, I think... 18 years old that franchise so there's not a lot of people to choose from and I don't really want to like really go deep inside the um the vault to try and get as many players because I don't really think that going top 10 would be like more sufficient for that franchise so I think I'm gonna go top five with one honorable mention to end off this episode but yeah at this moment we're gonna be doing um two news items before we get into that so yeah very excited to cover those but before we get into the actual episode, let me just get my plugging in. Please follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. If you are listening to this podcast on Podbean, we are on the road to 1,000 listens. I believe we are just about to eclipse 950, so thank you guys for the support. We have just reached 300 followers on the gram, and yeah, thank you guys for so much support. We are getting um, a few like listens every episode, which is great. Um... And yeah, if you're on Facebook, yeah, also please check me out. I have all my links there. Twitter, I, I'm just going to like just start like spewing thoughts out there. Hopefully I can just be a bit more active there and probably like interact more with the community. And yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the podcast. Please subscribe, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. And yeah, we got that plugging out the way. So let us get right into this episode and the first news story we're going to be tackling today is there have been some growing concerns about the NBA bubble as the Florida cases start to reach all-time highs and if you haven't been following the news lately um before we get into the whole basketball thing Florida is um over the past few days have been just like exceeding um like their high number of COVID-19 cases and it just keeps on growing and growing like I'm like looking at this graph here and it was like, you know, 1000 and stuff like that. This is like reaching like all new levels. Like we're reaching like 3000, 4000 and just um yesterday on June 21st, we are um getting around 3000 cases, which is a massive spike as today were like a couple of weeks ago. Like they were like under thousands, maybe just over a thousand some days, but now it's reaching to over 4000 and you know, they're like videos of people like on the beach and stuff and like in like a lot of crowded areas which is not helping the case and the thing is um the mls league is starting to restart there at the espn worldwide um sports complex same thing with the nba in the next month so there has been some concern not only from the executives themselves but the players because there's like man these cases are just continuing to increase and increase and like it's just going to make it a less Oh, oh, definitely a more dangerous situation for them to be part in. Now, if you if there's like anything like um to take pause out of this is that the deaths have kind of stagnated. Like I think they're like just like constantly just under twenty, so it's not like it's like people are 
like dying as much, but it's still like that spike in COVID cases has been a lot. And it I, honestly, like, it makes sense like people are are kind of like scared to get in there because when you have like about four thousand cases in there, like how safe like can you really be? And people are saying like you know it's a like it's not as bad as like people make it out to believe, but what people like fail to understand is that we just don't know much about this um um about this disease like sure i mean like before people would have reacted the same way as they did now if they knew like what the cold actually was like it's not that bad with covid we don't know whether it's that bad or not and that's why like people why it's like these countries that's why like the cities that we live in like we're in like these state of emergencies these um, why businesses are closing because we are being extra cautious because we really don't know much about this and as much as you're saying oh it's not as bad as people believe like sure it could be it, we really could be but we just don't know yet and we just have to continue to like and this is why it's taking this like long and tedious process I mean like we're not going to get a vaccine to what m- mid next year at the very least like this is the type of world that we have to kind of live in right now and this is, and it's the world of look we don't know everything we just don't, and um, we just have to continue um, just powering on, like doing what the, literally like what they tell us to do because they they don't know as much as we do. And this is not just going to take something that's going to take a few months. This is going to take something that's going to take upwards a year or maybe more. And it's honestly just for safety and for the safety of the NBA players. Like you're gonna have to like hope that these um, cases go down more because like with these um growing possibilities like um with these growing possibilities like with these growing numbers then most people don't want to go now there's a i mean just to like kind of like take it back um off the court for a bit like some people say oh maybe like we're just getting more numbers because like we have more efficient testing and stuff like that yes that's true but whether it's with testing or not like the, the cases are still going up and um, it's just some players, I mean, are you, I was just listening to, like, this, um, thing over, over the weekend where Lou Williams was being interviewed, and he's still, like, 50-50 on it, and this is coming from a guy who's an integral, an integral part of a championship contender in the Clippers, like, this is, what is going on in the world right now is bigger than basketball, and yes, um, people are, um, and yes, like, this is still, like, their job and stuff like that, but, you know, the NBA gave them a choice whether to play or not, and you can't fault them if they don't want to play. So, um, yeah, as the bubble, as the cases keep going up, I mean, this is just going to create more and more concern. And like I said in a few episodes ago, probably maybe in the beginning of last week or maybe um, two weeks ago, like when I was talking about, look, there's still a long time between when they proposed that plan to July 30th, where they want to return, to, when they want the season to return. So. A lot of things could happen, and this is just, like this is already like one of the few, uh, one of the many bumps in the road that the NBA had to has to kind of like deal with right now. So again, we are still more than a month away from this, so a lot can change. Maybe the cases die down. Maybe the cases even continue to rise. Like the NBA season is still very much in the balance. So um, don't get like I don't want to say keep your hope like hopes high or low. But I'm just saying, like, you just have to just be prepared for, like, anything to happen because there's just, like, so many variables that we just don't know about. And we just have to um, continue just to, you know, do what's best for the safety of the players, 
staff and all that's involved in this um, NBA bubble. So, yeah, that's the case. But, you know, still as an NBA fan, I'm still hoping for it to go. But as these cases continue to rise, I mean, it's becoming less and less likely. But who knows? They probably they might drop down to under 1,000 maybe a week or two. And people will be oh, it's safe again, safe again. This is a, the thing about what we don't know about this disease. We just don't know. So, hopefully keep your hopes up. Hopefully the um, cases go down. But it's not looking good as of this moment. We are going to go on to the second and final news um, topic before we get into the top five. And we're going to be talking about a few players who have um, who will be like remaining with their teams with the um, season resuming. Um one, we have um, Anthony Tolliver staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I just, um, there was, because like, he signed with the Grizzlies um, after being um, released by the Trailblazers. And now he's going to be with them for the remainder of, se- of the season. Um, that definitely helps the Grizzlies. I mean, he's just a stretch four. Um, with a very young team with the Grizzlies, like, you know, filled with a young core of J- Triple J, um, Brandon Clark, um, Dylan Brooks, of, of course, John Morant. You're gonna need some nice veteran presence out there. And Tolliver, I don't consider him a good player. And even like what what he's told to do, which is to be a good three point shooter, what, the games I watch at the Trailblazers, he hasn't been that great. But if he could be like at least like you know a good 38 percent three point shooter for the Grizzlies, I think that's a plus. I mean, again, it's another veteran in a team like where there's not many. I mean, Jones Valanciunas is probably one of the um, highly capped guys in that. Um, team and stuff like that but you know keeping Anthony Tolliver around I, I could see it being a, a, at least somewhat useful he's not gonna make a big impact nor he's gonna get many minutes but he's gonna be there um you know providing a nice veteran presence so yeah Anthony Tolliver staying with the Grizzlies and the second player who is gonna be remaining with their team because um of the whole 10-day contract situation beforehand and stuff like that is Joakim Noah gonna be is it's going to be Joakim Noah and he's gonna be remaining with the um, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, yeah, I think like the, you know the Clippers. One of their biggest um, weak spots in their team is their center position with Ivica Zubac and Montrezl Harrell. And, and I'm not saying that Montrezl Harrell is a bad player. He is great. I think he's like a very good player who gives a lot of energy and is a good on the offensive end and does what he can on the defensive end. But the thing is, he just doesn't have the size to complete with to compete with some of just the bigs in the West like. If you're the Clippers, you're going to have to fully expect to be going up against, I know on a lower scale, maybe Yoz Valanciunas, um, but, you know, on the upper echelon of um, big men, you know, you have Anthony Davis, you have Nikola Jokic, um, you know, when Nurkic comes back, you still have Whiteside. I mean, you just don't have the size to compete with some of the Western Conference best big men, and they're going to need some of that size, and Joki Noah, obviously, far past his prime. He is far past his prime. Um, in terms of capabilities, on especially on the defensive end, where he was like a consistent um, defensive player of the year, you know, candidate. And I think he won it once, if I am not mistaken. But at the end of the day, like if Joakim Noah can give you like sixty percent of what his prime was, I mean, that's that's not a lot, but it's something. I think it's a W for the Clippers, and maybe you could throw him in, you know, sometimes at a Jokic. You, I mean, Joakim Noah, you know him, you know he. He talks a lot. He gets right up in your face. This guy's like a ball of just like anger and energy. Like this guy, like would just scream like randomly in the middle of the game, and it, he's one of the most entertaining players to watch, hundred percent. And 
it's good to have him back in the league, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a thing of, like, like I said last week with the Wizards, trying to get Boogie. You know, just why not? You know, you have a, this point of weakness. You know, he has a good track record. I mean, not maybe as the last few years, but he definitely has a good track record um, from his time in Chicago. So why not give it a shot? If, and like I said, give at least if he gives a percentage of what he used to be, it will definitely help with the Clippers. So, yeah, Joakim Noah is signing with them. And those are the two news stories. Um, hopefully there's going to be more by the, um, by, for the Friday one, which there probably will. But... Yeah, those are the two um, stories I want to cover. And now, let's get into the next topic, which is the top five players in New Orleans. And this is covered in New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans um, in franchise history. I'm going to be doing a top five with one honorable mention here. And yeah, let us get right into this list um, with the honorable mention. And my honorable mention for... Um, this top five list is going to be Jamal Mashburn, who played two seasons with the um, with the New Orleans Hornets, where he averaged 21.5 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, 5.1 assists, was a one-time All-NBA player, one-time All-Star. He's also first in minutes per game, points per game, and second in points per game for the franchise. You know, Jamal Mashburn was injury-prone throughout his career, and it looked like he was going to turn around because, you know, this guy was just a damn good scorer throughout his entire career, you know. Averaging more than 15 points a game on on basically like almost every season. Like this guy was just a flat out bucket. And but the thing was like throughout his career is like, is he gonna stay on the court? Is he gonna stay healthy? And it looked really promising in his first year with the New Orleans Hornets where he played all eighty two games for the first time in his career. It looked like, man, those injuries, especially those knee problems that he was having, like maybe like it's gonna turn around and he's gonna stay with and he's gonna do well with the Hornets. because that season, you know, um, his best career year, he made All-NBA and an All-Star team. So it looked like it was, like maybe it was going to turn around for Jamal Mashburn, but sadly it didn't. The following season, the knee problems started acting up again. And from what turned to be like his best season of his career, the following season after, more injuries, and that turned out to be his last season. Um, and, you know, he kind of like, it's like put into wayside now. No one talks about him at all as like a, like, a good player from like the early 2000s but you know he was a damn good scorer this guy was was a good rebounder as well and he had great um, playmaking abilities for someone who played the shooting guard slash small forward role and I know like we're talking about the New Orleans Pelicans list but as a preview of tonight's um, new series like these are the type of players like I think like don't get enough recognition and and like my new series tonight I, hopefully I'm going to put on some like a good spotlight so people like know like, how good, like, just some of the players that are just not talked about as much. And Jamal Mashburn is a great example of that. So, yeah, that's just, like, a little teaser for, like, what's to come, like, in my... So check out my Instagram tonight for um, that type of content. But, yeah, Jamal Mashburn, only two seasons. He was a good player for them, though, so he is the honorable mention for this list. Going into number five, we have Baron Davis, who spent three seasons with the team. Um, average 20.2 points per game, four, average four rebounds a game, seven assists, was a one-time All-NBA player, one-time NBA All-Star. He's also top three in minutes per game, points per game, assists per game, and top ten in many other categories. You know, he was one of the few players that came along when they um, relocated from Charlotte to New Orleans. And, you know, Baron Davis, people look at it, he was a pr- pretty damn good point guard for during the 2000s decade. And... Most can argue that this was the best stretch of his career. He was at his athletic peak, and 
Um, he was considered like one of the top point guards in the league. Um, one of the memories I have with him in that New Orleans um, j- um, jersey, I think he had like this like one poster dunk, and he like um, I forgot who was on top of, but I don't know. In my mind, there's just like he did like this like really cool poster dunk um, in the early 2000s. So like yeah, he was at his athletic peak. He was able to score consistently. I mean, um, 20 points per game and stuff like that. But he also was like a damn good point guard, averaging seven assists per game. And kind of like Jamal Mashburn, um, he had his injury issues. I mean, he had a longer career than Mashburn, but, you know, same t- sort of deal. And he's just one of those players, like, one of those, like, big what-if players because he was a top guard in the league. And if he just could have stayed on the court, maybe um, a lot more people will remember him. Maybe, like, he would be more highly regarded, like, in, like, the history of the NBA. But because of those injuries, I mean, he played, like, a lot of 60-game seasons in his career, um, sometimes under 20. Like, he just had, like, chronic um, injury issues that he could really never recover from. And that led him to having, like, not as long as a career that many thought he would um, have. But, yeah, um, at the end of the day, you know, playing, he had a damn good career with the um, New Orleans Hornets. And, um, yeah, he, he deserves to crack this list at number five. But, you know, the longevity really isn't there. And not much success um, when he was with the Hornets, for sure. So that's why he couldn't make it further off the list. Coming at number four, we have Drew Holiday, a, a current New Orleans Pelican himself. He um, he is um, seven seasons and counting. Um, throughout his tenure with the team, he has averaged 17.7 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 6.9 assists. Um, he is top five in many of the um, all-time categories for um, for the team, and he is a two-time all-defensive t- um, team player. You know, you could argue that um, um, that Drew Holiday, like, he didn't really have the peak of the two behind him, but if anything, he had the longevity, um, and he just had like he just had the longevity of them, and he holds a lot of the records in the organization. He is a damn consistent basketball player, and I think like in in the league itself, like in terms of like the current um, state of the league, he is definitely underrated. Um, it took um, um, teams. Or just fans to realize like how good of a defensive player he was, and he really put that in, um, put that into showing when they absolutely um, demolished the Trailblazers. I believe that was two seasons ago. Yeah, that was two seasons ago when they made the semifinals with um, Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Like he absolutely, I'm not gonna say lockdown Lillard, but this guy was just like all over the place, and people were really exposed to how good of a defensive player Drew Holiday really was. And the thing was, I mean, like, even though I believe that this is the best stretch of his career, like, bef- like after he left um, Philly, because, um, like, he came over in that trade for New Orleans Noel, but he had his one, like, his only, like, all-star game appearance wasn't even with the Pelicans, and, you know, that has to do with the fact that the West is, like, just loaded with guards, and although Drew Holiday, like I said, is an underrated, underappreciated player, he just is not on the level of the guards who have played in this decade, like, CP3, Kobe in the early um, 2010s, um, Steph, James Harden, like, it's just a really deep position, Damian Lillard just came to my mind, but, yeah, Drew Holiday, um, like, hasn't made an all-star game with the Pelicans, but he's just damn, has been a damn good player for them, and, sadly, I don't think many people are gonna remember Drew Holiday when we're talking, like, basketball 20 years from now, but, um, he definitely deserves some love on this list right now, so he is coming in at number four. Going on to number three, we have another guy who has played 
quite a number of seasons with the New Orleans um, Hornets. We have David West, who in his career with the Hornets averaged 16.3 points per game, 7.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists. I'm sorry, just 2.0 assists per game. He's a two-time NBA All-Star, top five in the Big Five categories in, um, um, you know, like points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. And he's also top ten in many other categories. Again, like Drew Holiday, extremely um, a criminally underrated player for his time in the league, underappreciated. And, you know, I consider, I probably can consider him like one of the best players who will probably never make the Hall of Fame. But this guy was a damn consistent scorer. He had that lethal mid-range game that um, absolutely killed teams, like especially in his prime with the Hornets. Um, he had a great back-to-basket game. He was a pretty damn good rebounder for someone who was also not that tall for the position. I think he was like 6'8", 6'9". Um... And he did like anything like what a pow- like a a good power forward did like in those mid two thousands. I mean, he was a good back to back player. He had the mid range jumper, and for someone of his size, he was a very good free throw shooter. Who like some years I think, like who was a consistent maybe like, over eighty percent free throw shooter. And he was like the like a the perfect you know number two for CP three at the time because CP three um obviously loved running the pick and roll and David West you know was very good at that and. You know, it's just a pick and roll. He had that like little um, pick and pop game where he would stop, um, like literally in between the free throw line and the three point line, like right there, and he would just like consistently knock on the jumper, and he was very good at this. Um, yeah, he's constantly overlooked, um, and you know after his New Orleans days, you know he went to the Pacers. He was pretty solid there, but you know he got two championships at the tail end of his career with the Warriors. So I'm I'm happy that he got at least his, like some rings to go with. Um, his pretty solid career, but yeah, um, David West is just gonna be just one of those players who has just been constantly overlooked. But um, his best years definitely came um, being a New Orleans Hornet. We are going now to number two, and we have the Brow himself, Mr. A.D. Anthony Davis, who um, prior to the season spent seven seasons with the New Orleans Pelicans slash Hornets because, you know, they rebranded uh, during his tenure here at the, sorry, at the at New Orleans. Um, in his tenure, he averaged 23.7 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists, was a six-time NBA All-Star, three-time um, All-NBA, three-time All-Defense, was a three-time blocks leader, and he's also number one in field goals, points, rebounds, and he's like top five and ten everywhere else. You know, he's probably, if I'm going to be completely honest, he is their most talented player in their franchise's history. I mean, you know, they looked into getting a Cadmus prospect from that 2012 draft. I mean, the season, like, um, prior to the, to that draft, I mean, the freaking Charlotte Bobcats won seven games. And even still, they weren't able to get the number one pick, and the Pelicans were able to get it. And they looked into getting Anthony Davis, uh, and they are just, like, yeah, they just looked into getting Anthony Davis. I mean... Not really luck because he was the number one overall pick, but, you know, he was just a canvas prospect. Like, with his, like, ability from the big man position to do, like, what, like, you know, he had the freaking top-tier athleticism. He had that mid-range jumper, which now he expanded to the three-point line. Fantastic rebounder, one of the league's most elite defenders and scorers. And, yeah, he could just do everything just extremely well. And for the longest time, I mean, he's definitely, like, was a top five, like, NBA talent just over the last five years or so. But the thing about Anthony Davis and why he couldn't be number one was, one, the playoff success. I mean, he they only made the playoffs twice when he was with the team. Um, and 
although he had all the talent in the world, he just wasn't, he just didn't have that alpha mentality. And people could say, like, could maybe argue, like, well, Kawhi didn't have it. Well, someone had it, like, on the teams that Kawhi had it. And with Anthony Davis, like, no one really had that alpha mentality because, you know, Anthony Davis didn't like to talk a lot. And his second best player, I mean, throughout his tenure was Drew Holiday, who I spoke about. But, you know, he isn't that type of a vocal guy either. So when there's, like, not really that vocal guy to really um, kind of lead your team, you know, it's just a different feel. And Anthony Davis... Although, like, was a top five, arguably top three, like, ta- like NBA talent, he just didn't have that, you know, leadership capability to, like, you know, lead the um, Pelicans to, like, even bigger things. And, you know, one of the biggest um, um, criticisms of Anthony Davis' tenure, it wasn't really on him. It was on the Pelicans for not maybe make, putting the right team around him, um, giving him, like, more talent to work with. And... You know that is valid, but at the same time, when you when you have someone who is as um, that talented with as Anthony Davis, you would expect more um, playoff success, and he just didn't get that. But you know, he led probably the uh, you know the second most successful era in Nolan's history. I mean, there's not much to choose from, but you know, he definitely still deserves some love because of the amount. Like this guy was just an absolute monster at the end of the day, and he holds lots of records and such. So yeah, we have Anthony Davis coming in at number two. And now coming in at number one, we have, you know, the point guard. One of the greatest point guards in NBA history. Some people say top five, some people say top ten. But what we can um, agree with is just this guy is just absolutely fantastic on the basketball court. And that is CP3 himself, Chris Paul. And during his career with the... um, with the Hornets, he played six seasons, averaged 18.7 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 9.9 assists. Three time, he was a three-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA player, two-time All-Defense, was a two-time um, steals leader and assist leader in the league. He is number one in triple doubles in um, Hornets slash Pelicans history, number one in steals, assists, assists per game, and top ten in many of the other categories. Um, whether you like it or not, um, whether you like it or not, and, you know, maybe this could be debatable, but in my opinion, this is the best CB3 that, um, we've ever seen. Um, this is where he was, um, where he got, um, appointed the name, you know, the point god in, um, the league. You know, he was the leader of the most successful, um, era in the Hornets slash Pelicans era. Him and David West, you know, made the Pelicans just like a, a threat, and one season they went... 56 and 26 and although they didn't get out the second round like that was the best season in the franchise's history he's one of the league's um best passers of all time you know and what the good thing about him is like even though he is like he always tried setting up his teammates and such like he was just a fantastic scorer as well 80.7 points a game is nothing to um to turn your head um to turn your shoulder to and like I said, I, I consider him a top 10 point guard of all time. And I want to think he's really missing from his, um, um, from his, you know, his resume is that NBA championship ring. Because even to this day, this guy is like putting in bits in the league. I mean, whether it's with the Clippers being the point guard of the Lob City era, being a fantastic, a fantastic player as a member of the Houston Rockets. And now like being probably the best player on the Oklahoma City Thunder, like leading them to like a, a top six seed, like. This guy has just been, like, just absolutely fantastic throughout his entire career. 
with the um, Hornets being his um, best years. Well, you know, he's still waiting for that ring. I really want CB3 to get a ring at some point. Um, I, th- I think he f- um, thoroughly deserves it. And, yeah, hopefully he could do it. Uh, probably not with the Thunder, maybe in a different team. But at the end of the day, you know, Chris Paul is still going to be regarded as one of the best of all time um, in terms of the point guard position. You know, elite defender as well. People um, don't really talk about that as much. But, you know, one of the best passes of all time. Great just offensive threat and great defensive player throughout his years. So, yeah, who had the most successful era in Pelicans history? We have Chris Paul at the number one position. So, yeah, that was a short top five list, but it was still, like, um, pretty fun to make. Um, I'm still going to have that top ten coming out on Wednesday on a different team, so check out for that. Uh, but, yeah, um, I think this is a great way to um, end this video, uh, a good place to end this video. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, this week, Wednesday, we're going to be coming out with some more um, top tens. And on Friday, we're going to be, um, you know, having a weekend review, um, you know, just a weekend review uh, um, news recap podcast again. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for the new series on my Instagram that is starting tonight. Hopefully, I'm going to post it on Twitter as well. But yeah, there's, um, I think that's everything. And yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Peace.